Hi everyone, and welcome to this podcast on guided self-determination. My name's Jan Orford, and I'll be your host today. After listening to this podcast, learners should be able to, one, define guided self-determination, two, recognize the difference and familiarity between guided self-determination and motivational interviewing, and three, to explain the training necessary to become a facilitator who is able to deliver the self-guided determination program. I would therefore like to introduce Professor Bodil Rasmussen. Bodil is a registered nurse and has worked in a variety of clinical, management, education and research roles across a range of public and tertiary health settings. Bodil was a course director for the Graduate Certificate in Diabetes Education for more than a decade and is currently the director for the Centre for Nursing Research at Western Health Melbourne, which is a joint position with Deakin University. Bodil's research program focuses on empowering people to self-manage their condition by using technologies and implementation of research evidence into practice to improve patient outcomes. Bodil has led multidisciplinary local and international teams, especially with Scandinavian researchers. So hello, Bodil. It's lovely to work with you again. And how are you today? Yes, thank you. I'm very well, Jan. And thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. That's an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much, Bodil. Um, today we'll be discussing guided self-determination. And I was wondering if you could please tell us about and where did the concept actually come from? Sure, Dan. Um, as indicated in the introduction of me, I am very interested in how we best can empower people to self-manage their diabetes or, for that sake, other uh, complex chronic conditions. So I met a Danish nurse and researcher called uh, Professor Vibeke Sofman, who has, uh, over the past 20 years, developed a program that uh, did exactly that. It aims for uh, to empower people with chronic condition, help them to make uh, decisions about their health, and equip them with some life skills um, that uh, improves their quality of life. The program is called uh, the Guide to Self-Determination, and I was very fortunate in 2012 to be able to spend a few weeks with Vibeke and her team in Denmark to learn the program. So the guide to self-determination is really based on uh, some evidence that uh, is a special methods developed by some or based on some grounded theories and it is designed to guide adults with diabetes and it can be both type 1 or type 2 to enjoy a healthier life through some self-reflection. And it's based on some interaction, up to four to eight conversations online between the client and the diabetes educator. The guided self-determinations comprise of four to eight worksheets uh, conversation that guide the person with diabetes and the diabetes educator through a process of reflection and problem-solving strategies. In preparation to engage in those uh, conversations, the diabetes educator undertake a training program. That educational program involves e-learning and practical skill development with individuals and in group uh, feedback. It also involves uh, practice with real clients and in the end, days an assessment. The program focuses on diabetes educators' practical knowledge and ex experiences to develop sort of specific knowledge and communication skills to facilitate those guided kind of self-determination conversations. The diabetes educator goes through a process of reflection and problem-solving strategies. 
specifically, there are three communication strategies. There's active listening, there's mirroring, and one, one, the last one is called value clarification responses. With supervision of the team, the diabetes educator facilitates the conversations with two people with diabetes through a program. Thanks for that background, Bodil. I just wonder if you could tell us, is the method used in isolation or in combination with other strategies? I think that's a very good question, Jan, because there is a lot of different um, uh, methods around. But this method is uh, built on self-determination theories and therefore uniquely focus on people's motivation to make decisions and in particular to change their lives. It is central part of the empowerment and by working through those reflective um, sheets in collaboration with the diabetes educator, the people will find the people with diabetes will find the solution to their own problems. And there is a set obviously guided ways of working together and reflect on these conversations. And that is what is unique with these methods. However, the method draws on diabetes educators' uh, already acquired knowledge, experience and skills. For example, the communication strategy I mentioned um, just before, it is actually the nice thing that that method is drawn on diabetes' experience and skills. So it's not entirely new for the diabetes educators. We do it on a day-to-day basis, but it is in a new context, I guess. Great, thank you for that. And I wonder if we can now perhaps move on to your work with guided self-determination. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yes, sure, Diane. I um, first learned the guided self-determination. I sort of thought that that method uh, was, or the way I was taught was face-to-face conversation. And some of the conversations were up to an hour each. And I think that would be quite difficult in an Australian context. So due to our long distances to our funding system and for many other reasons. So I also really wanted to reach out to people with chronic conditions that not always have easily access to health professionals, such as diabetes educator and endocrinologist. So I wanted to try to transfer this paper-based working sheets onto an online version to make it more accessible to people who geographically or socially are isolated. So we started out by making a feasibility study in 2016-17 with young people with type 1 diabetes. And this was actually the first guided self-determination online in the world. The study proved that the online version was just as effective as face-to-face. And in fact, it inspired a national platform in guided self-determination to be developed in Denmark based on our study. So they put it online as well. So what we're doing now, we're currently doing a clinical trial again with young adults with type 1 at Western Health and at Deakin here in Melbourne. And we plan to transfer those diabetes guided self-determination to other conditions and context. And at the moment, we are developing a program for uh, people or for students, actually, students in universities who are at risk of dropping out of the courses. So it can be used in many different contexts. And I'm also in a trial up in Denmark where we're looking at people with multimorbidities, underlying diabetes, but with multimorbidities. So starting up and we hope to run a trial next year here in Australia. Good luck with that. Hope you get some funding and so on. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's always the problem, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So what are the benefits and challenges of guided self-determination for people with diabetes? I think that's a good question too. So the benefit of the methods for people with diabetes is that they find their way to solution to the problem. And the problems might not uh, have anything to do with diabetes really. It might be, but what is important to understand if this methods is that it's the main issue for the person with um, diabetes right now. The benefit of the guided self-determination is that it helps to make priorities for the people. It sets a plan in place to solve the problem and most importantly it's always on their term so it's always what the person with diabetes think is the most important at the moment and uh, what we have seen or what the young people who have been in through the program have told us um, that uh, they saw as benefit was that they actually learned more about their diabetes and about themselves they found that the flexibility and experience and the cost-effective experience um, was um, benefited compared to usual care. And this is to do with the saving time in traveling, car parking, waiting time, taking time off uh, work to attend appointments and so forth. So they told us that they found that they had a high engagement uh, with the diabetes educators too. And they found that um, uh, conversations were improved in the way that they were very targeted. So through those worksheets they're working through, they actually comes to the conversation well prepared and they can quickly get onto it. So some of these conversations will only take 15 minutes now or five minutes even. And so likewise, the diabetes educator also found that they were more focused in their conversations with um, people and they found that they built confidence in, in the young person by um, focusing on their uh, issues. And they also found that they changed the, the relationship between themselves and, and the, the person with diabetes because there was a lot more, I guess, engagement in, and in, they were also more uh, aware that it was on their terms. So it was focusing on the, the, the person's issue. So the other benefit is obviously that the diabetes educator can get certified as a competent um, diabetes uh, or guided self-determination facilitator. And it's shown that they can enhance the job satisfaction through application of a systematic approach. There's also they found integration of the technology actually were uh, giving the daily work of diabetes educator more flexibility and uh, that the online platform motivated people who might have been demotivated uh, earlier. There's obviously some challenges and um, in terms of research, we certainly <clears throat> had some challenges in recruiting people. But we do hope that through more professional development program that diabetes educator can work with their own client and not having to recruit from, from other services, which we do when we are in the research for for biased reasons. The other uh, experience or challenge was really the online, uh, was technical. So it was down downloading Zoom, it was uh, Skype fallouts and so forth. But we believe that now after the COVID-19 pandemic, that people are much more used to, to those uh, platforms now and they are also much more stable than they were in 2016 and 17 when we ran our trial. 
So uh, the commitment of the program in terms of preparing for the conversation uh, can be challenging for some, uh, for both diabetes educator and the people we work with. But as I said, I do think that the improved technology and I think the shortness of the program, which is now fully online, and when I say program, the training program for the diabetes educator, we think that was compared to that we used to run them uh, face-to-face workshop. We now have everything online and I think that makes the, to be say, the challenges or the burden less for the diabetes educator. I have to say I've become very close friends with Zoom in recent weeks. (laughs) I can appreciate its value. So thank you for that. So how does guided self-determination compare to motivational interviewing then? Yes, Diana, I'm actually often asked that question. And in fact, the component of um, the guided self-determination methods aligns with motivational interviewing in that motivational interviewing also helps people to prioritize their issues or or problems. So although that guided self-determination and motivation interview promote motivation, they differ in other ways. Their original uh, settings explain uh, uh, guided self-determination in the context of life and illness integration. So look at the shift between being healthy and becoming ill, whereas um, mo- motivation interviewing is focusing on managing ambivalence. So when people have difficulties making decisions, motivation interviews is, is a very good method to use. And the other difference is probably that guided self-determination is based on a set of grounded theories, whereas um, motivation interviews was more intuitive developed. So both um, uh, apply to processes and strategies, I guess, to advance professional communication skills and engagement. So they, they have the same sort of uh, aspects in terms of us as professionals to, um, to to work with our communication skills. However, guided self-determination is a context specific on reflection. So it's about working through reflective sheets and uh, really have in-depth talk on, um, on reflection of the issues, whereas training in um, motivation interviewing varies quite a bit. So they're therefore used in different contexts. So Motivation interviews is used when ambivalence is um, threatening the positive uh, change, whereas guided self-determination is used when there is a problem to solve and it's difficult or maybe even deadlocked by the patient. So guided self-determination helps unfolding the issues and provide some problem-solving strategies. Thank you for that. So for the benefit of our listeners then, how does a clinician become familiar with or be trained in this particular technique? Yes, so at the moment we are a group of facilitators that deliver the program and we are currently developing a new platform, but at the moment we use Deakin University uh, related platform and Zoom. So the education program, as I said, it's involved some e-learning and uh, we learn some practical skills development where the diabetes educator will be supervised and they will use their own clients and then there will be an assessment in the end. So as a diabetes educator, you will draw on your own knowledge and experience uh, to facilitate those conversations. The program starts up with an online uh, workshop where they will be introduced to the DSD and to the conversations. And as a matter of fact, the next one starts in 20th of July uh, this year. Uh, and 
after that workshop, there will be times that suits uh, the diabetes educator to meet with their clients uh, through an online facilitator, often um, Zoom, and there are four to seven conversations. And that can be stretched over two to six months, depending on patients and the diabetes educator's um, timetable. But they will, the diabetes educator will always have access to the team for um, uh, supervision. And uh, we also meet each other uh, in groups um, on Zoom. Conversations uh, then normally last 15 at the most to 45 minutes. And um, as I said, uh, we would like uh, the training to be conducted by two clients. So finishing two clients, and some of them can be finished in very short time, in a, we have found in within six weeks, and others would take longer. But when they're finished with going through two uh, clients, uh, journeys, then there's a an one hour online assessment of the ADA uh, for the ADA endorsement, and that's also online. And it really is about reflection on uh, demonstrating understanding of the, the methods. And in order to become a part of um, this program, we would like uh, the diabetes educator to have at least two years experience in diabetes uh, education doesn't have to be credentialed, but uh, that at least work in the field for two years. So the way we will grow the program is by um, teach to the teacher approach. So we're currently having three credentialed diabetes educators who have been through the program and they're now mentoring the next uh, group uh, that is actually going on at the minute. And once they have, they can actually be facilitator. So we have, uh, there's two levels as soon as the a uh, diabetes educator has gone through with two clients and have set one hour's assessment task, they will get a certificate and they can then practice their guide of self-determination. There's also an opportunity to develop up to being a mentor in the program. And as I said, we have three currently going through that program. So I wondered if, if, that, um, if you have any questions to that, uh, Jane. Uh, no, look, I think it sounds great. Uh, I wish I'd had something like that going on when I was actually working as a CBE. <laughs> but anyway, time moves on, I guess. So thank you for that. So wh what do you think is the future of guided self-determination for diabetes and other comorbidities, which you did mention earlier? And how do you think technology will have an impact on this? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's a, a very good question again, because I think that the world has changed quite dramatically in terms of use of uh, technology. I think that we um, will see that this form of uh, support for people with diabetes will be very um, useful and um, that uh, I have always envisioned that the online format is the way forward and uh, I think that there is great opportunities for this to be, uh, for the guide of self-determination to be uh, aligned with other conditions. As we have seen in Denmark, we've used it in cancer, obesity, mental health, uh, and people who have gone through divorce. And um, as I said, we we currently uh, in a program or project to uh, support students who are at risk of falling out of universities. So I think I think there's great opportunities uh, and uh, I have no doubt the online education program is the future is strong. And um, that's, I think, 
with the change of our world with the pandemic, I think there will be possibility to expand to methods like this, uh, which are more flexible, experienced and cheaper compared to the current health service um, delivery. I think you're absolutely right. We've been forced to make some fairly sweeping changes in the last couple of months or so. Thank you for that. And and I guess just if people are interested in more information for out, out there, are there any helpful resources that you could share with our members and maybe some websites or apps or links that would help them to learn more about this approach? Yes. So, um, obviously, the, the course is on the list of the endorsed courses uh, on the ADA website with a flyer that explains the program. And uh, once um, people have indicated their interest, uh, we will mail out the full program to them. And they can either contact, contact me directly or on an email, which is called GSDH. So, it's Guide to Self-Determination Health. GSD at deacon full stop edu full stop au there's also a very good link which uh, is i don't know if i should say the whole thing here but um, it, it provides an overview of the methods and it's a, a list of all the published readings uh, it's a danish version of the program but it's obviously in english so the link is uh https at that's um, that's and www.guided self-determination full stop eu dash. Thank you very much for that, Bodo, and thank you. <laughs> thank you once again for that today. It's been wonderful, and it's been great to catch up with you again. And yeah. so, thank you. And to our members and listeners, to learn more about this wonderful program, please see the flyer attached in the podcast description. And please remember to look on the ADA website for this endorsed um, GSD course, that, as Bodil mentioned already. And thank you for taking the time to listen to this post podcast. And to obtain CPD credit, please go to the ADA Learning Management System at learning.adea.com.au and complete a feedback evaluation. So until next time, goodbye.